Welcome to the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined by my co-host Lewis Glover. Lewis, how are you, mate? James, I'm going real well, thank you, mate. I had had an awesome day today, as I was just telling you about before we jumped on mic. So I'm, I'm fired up, I'm ready for this episode. And I just can't wait to talk some fancy football. Absolutely, mate. Same here too. So on uh, this week's show, we'll be going through our list of the league at the top. Then we'll be previewing the NFC South Division. And then finally, we'll be ending the show on some mailbag questions. But a bit of housekeeping before we start. Um, you can go visit our website, thevaultstudio.com.au. We can find articles such as Lewis's one on Saquon Barkley last week. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Vault Studio. And lastly, you can follow Lewis's great page, FF Down Under, on Facebook and Twitter as well. So to start off with this week, we'll be uh, going through our list in the league. Now, Lewis is going to be running it. Um, so, Lewis, you want to tell us more about it? Absolutely. So we'd love to get our listeners involved in the show. I think that's a, a really important part. Uh, that's why we do the, the mailbag and it's why we want to do a listener league as well. So there'll be 12 spots, and if there's more, maybe we can expand it into two divisions or two two separate leagues and have a combined playoff, something like that. We'll just we'll play it by ear with the with the interest. But if, if you're interested in a, a Superflex PPR redraft league for this season, email in at fantasyfootballdownunder at gmail.com. That's fantasyfootballdownunder at gmail.com. Just say, hey, I'm interested in the listener league. And uh, we'll put you down. We'll get. We'll reach out to you, and and hopefully in the next week or so, we'll have a league filled, maybe two, and we can we can get drafting. Absolutely. Or you can also do it on the Facebook page too, um, FF Down Under as well. So you can sure. Contact Lewis as Let us know there. Awesome, awesome. So now we've got that out of the way. Let's uh, start previewing the division. Um, we're going to the NFC South this week, and uh, we'll start off with the uh, NFC uh, South champs and New Orleans Saints. Um, Lewis has got this one this week. He's done the research for it. Lewis, when you get us started. Yeah, absolutely. Let's kick us off with probably the one of the most surprising rookie seasons in a long time, and that was Alvin Kamara. Anyone who watched him last season just saw how explosive he was, how efficient he was, how exciting he was with the ball in his hands. So everyone's really excited for Kamara this season. The hype has, hype has grown. And yeah, I think he's going to be a very, very good fantasy football performer this season. He's going at number six overall, according to the fantasy football calculator, which is the fifth running back off the board in total. As a bit of a, a bit of a trend this season and last season, the, the running backs in fantasy football are, are really making a comeback. Uh, and and, and Kamara is just another one of those talented young running backs that's entered the league recently. Um, last season, he he finished fourth overall and was was running back three. James, can you see him repeating? I can, especially with marking around the first four weeks. His uh, first four weeks are going to be unbelievable. Um, last year, he was uh, tied for 24th in touches. So those first four weeks without Mark Ingram, sharing the load with him is going to be unreal for his uh, fantasy. Um, his PPR, obviously, is going to be a bit lower towards the end of the year. Um, I see that, yeah, dropping off, obviously, with Mark Ingram coming back. But the first four weeks are going to be killer. Um, at six, or sorry, at, yeah, number six or running back five. He's a very good target to pick up right there. Yeah, I I think he's going to be awesome as well. Like you said, with those uh, four weeks being missed by Ingram, I think Kamara is going to see a heavy workload. My only concern is that there's going to be some expected regression with Kamara, and the question will be whether the volume that he's going to get is going to, going to offset that because he was an absolute freak last season. He 
since 1970, Kamara's season in 2017 was the best in fantasy points per touch. So you imagine all the running backs that have been in the league since then. Kamara outperformed them all in terms of his, of his efficiency. And we'll touch on some of the other players shortly. But there's just a few factors that raise some slight concerns. Uh, I, I still think he's going to be tremendous. But when you're when you're picking this early in the draft, you really do have to split hairs. And that's why uh, you, you mentioned my Barkley article earlier. Uh, I said Barkley was my fifth running back, Kamara's my sixth. So if I had a choice there, I'd be taking I'd be taking Barkley ahead of Kamara. But that's but uh, that's not a, a knock on Kamara at all. He's a he's a special talent, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Do you reckon he have a sophomore slump though, or that's just not going to happen for him? I think sophomore slump is a bit exaggeratory. I think I don't think he'll he'll finish as the running back three, and I don't think he'll finish fourth overall either. Will he be a running back one? Almost certainly i.e. top 12 performer. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump. But I think you're drafting him running back five at his absolute peak. And I think you'd be, you'd be well-pressed to get that running back five finish out of him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the next one, Michael Thomas you've got here. He's uh, 15th overall. Yeah, Mike Thomas. I mean, he's, he's a special talent and it always makes you look better when you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time throwing you the football uh, he he's been productive uh, wide receiver seven in 2016 and then the wide receiver six in 2017. And that was despite Breeze having a real down year, which we'll touch on uh, momentarily. So Thomas gets the volume. He scores touchdowns. He's got safe hands. He's awesome to watch, which is always good for your fantasy football players. So at 15 overall, Thomas is a real bargain. And as the wide receiver five, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that the running backs have, have moved, that elite group of running backs have moved in front of the wide receivers. So you compare Michael Michael Thomas with a first-round running back pick, uh, which just is an excellent way to, to open up your, your 2018 drafts. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Michael Thomas, there. Even though, yeah, Drew Brees is sort of on the decline now and he isn't throwing as well as he used to, he's still the number one target there. There's not many people around him apart from, like, your Cameron Meredith's, who I really like too. Um, there's no tight end to throw to. Ben Watson's, what, 40-odd now? He's he's at least 100. He's at least 100, yeah, probably. But yeah, I reckon he's the number one target. He's going to see a lot of it. Drew Brees has to throw to someone. It's going to be him, Kamara, Ingram. Those are the three top three guys I like on that team. Um, yeah, 15. There's not many guys around him or take in front of him. You're probably looking at... Yeah, if you like Jordan Howard, because he's going to get the touches as well. Devontae Freeman, who we're going to touch on later. Um, look, he's a really good choice at 15. I wouldn't be, yeah, not much to say else about him. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's an incredibly safe pick there. Uh, wide, receiver, wide receivers are, are less likely to get injured as well. I, I love that pick there. Sandwiched in between Julio Jones, like you said, we'll, we'll touch on, and, and Keenan Allen. For me, Michael Thomas is probably the the safest pick in that range and who's going to give you the week-to-week consistency which you're which you're looking for in it when you're setting your fantasy football lineup. That's it. Um, moving to a guy that we've just talked on, uh, Drew Brees. He's uh, he's on the decline now. I think he's, uh, is he, yeah, he's 77 overall, QB6. Um, what are your thoughts on him? So people are talking about Drew Brees on the decline, whether that's the case or whether it was just circumstance because the Saints found themselves in possession of one of the best running back tandems that we've seen, at least in fantasy football, for 
a really long time. I, I, I can't think of of any better, at least in the in the time I've been playing fantasy football. And then the Saints defense, which you know, over the last three or four years has been a bit of a joke. It was you know, if it, start everyone against the Saints defense was a bit of a, a mantra for a while. But last season, the defense was much better. They they weren't playing from negative game scripts. Drew Brees wasn't forced to throw the ball 60 times a game. And so that brought his numbers down. He still finishes the quarterback nine overall, but for the price that you you bought bought him, you know, around that quarterback three, four range, which he's historically gone, you were you were disappointed with that performance. Now that's corrected a little bit. He's going to, like you said, QB six. I'm still not sure. Uh, I don't like to draft my quarterbacks early. I'll say it a thousand times during this podcast, so get used to hearing it. So I probably won't be owning any Drew Brees unless he falls significantly. Maybe some people will get get scared off, yeah. uh, but I still think he will have a have a good season, and I would expect his numbers to positively regress to where they have been for his career because last season was the he threw the fewest touchdowns and fewest yards in in his twelve seasons with the New Orleans Saints, and they were significantly lower so i would expect those numbers to come back up somewhat i see drew Brees at qb6 i think that's just on name value to be honest like he's being picked ahead of cam newton who was the second quarterback scoring last year kirk cousins coming into minnesota jimmy garoppolo for great great second half of the year in san francisco i think they're gonna be much better players than drew Brees is gonna be this year as you touched on, they've got the best uh, running back tandem in fantasy football. So while they move from that now, like there's nothing changed from last year to this year. So I'd assume he's going to be sort of in that QB 10, QB 11 range. Um, he's a quarterback two at best, but I think he's just overrated. It's, what is he? He's 66. So yeah, I wouldn't be taking him. Yeah, I, I agree with you that his his name value is definitely propping him up. It's Drew Brees. For so long, he's been fantasy football gold. He's, you know... He's just been such a consistent starter, set and forget sort of situation. But some of the quarterbacks being taken after him are probably going to outperform him, and I'd rather wait on the quarterback. Uh, you touched on on the the running back tandem again, so let's we've discussed the first half of that duo. So let's let's move on to Mark Ingram, who, as everyone knows by now, surprise if you haven't haven't heard, he's suspended for the first four games of the NFL season. Uh, for performance-enhancing drugs. He appealed that vigorously, apparently, but that suspension was upheld. Now, the problem for Mark Ingram is that the Saints have a bye in week six. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm very reluctant to start players who are coming back off suspensions or injuries uh, the first week back because you just don't know what kind of usage you're going to get out of them. Sean Payton has, you know, he's had his, he's had his history with Mark Ingram. He's held and such so james on on starting mark ingram in week five if if you draft him well i'm happy to draft mark ingram because you don't play your fantasy playoffs in the first four weeks you play in the last three weeks and that's what i'm building my team for is my building my team for the fantasy playoffs and if he's there at 52 and he was the top six running back last year then why wouldn't you take him because at 52, some of the other players around him are going to actually help you get to the fantasy football playoffs. And I, I'm i not going to start him in week five. They've got to buy in week six. That's the first six weeks of the regular season gone. And most fantasy players start in week 13 or 14. So you're really hoping for him to do a lot in a short window. And not to mention the fact that he's t- going to be 29 years old this season. He's coming off PEDs. 
he was suspended for them. He tested positive. We have to assume he was on PEDs. Maybe that's why he was so amazing last season. We don't know, but I just don't think I'm willing to take that risk where he's being drafted at 52 in the sort of middle of the, the fifth round. I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather take a shot on someone we discussed last week, like Alshon Jeffrey and build out my wide receiver core, or even a rookie like Sony Michelle. That's me personally. I think you're going to get more games out of them. But I understand being, you know, being drawn to that potential upside, especially for the fancy football playoffs. No, like honestly, like he he's one of the best running backs in football today. And you want to take Sony Michelle or oh, a, that's a that, that's a bit that's a bit rich I think a bit rich he's what top six so he's not one of the best I don't th- oh, I think there's many better running backs in the league than Mark Ingram I think he's in a good offense I think he's talented no doubt but I wouldn't call him I wouldn't call him one of the best and he's about to hit that running back age cliff uh maybe he's, he's cycled off his his performance enhancing drugs I'm not sure I'm not sure whether he's gonna gonna live up to those expectations all right, that's fine with me. I'll be taking Mark Inger and I'll be uh, kicking your ass with him. All right, you take him in our draft and we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll put a bet on it? Yeah, sure, we can put a bet on it. One of our famous beer bets that we're going to do throughout the year? Absolutely. Yep, well, I already, I already got one on you from, from week one. OBJ is going to torch the Eagles, so we've got our beer, first beer bet down. So let's go, second beer bet in the books. What are, what are you offering me? Over 150 fantasy points for the year? Over 150. So, is that just regular season? Yeah. PPR scoring. Yeah, why not? I'll take you on that. 150. All right, done. Sounds good to me. Another beer <laughs> for me. Um, all right, awesome. we're done with that. Do you like anyone else in this uh, Saints roster? I've just put two more names down to, to mention. I think it's worth noting. The first one m- might be useful for the first four weeks whilst... Mark sits on the on the naughty chair, and that's Boston Scott. He was a sixth-round rookie. Uh, I'm not expecting the world from him, but if the Saints decide to give Kamara the rock and he's going to be handling a bunch of the carries, someone's going to pick up some of that pass-catching work, and he fits that profile really well. He's been comped to Darren Sproles. He's really fast. I think he's about five foot seven, 200 pounds. He ran a 4'4", 540. And so it's just worth following him over camp. I'm not suggesting you draft him, but keep an eye on how that situation shakes out over training camp and in the preseason. Uh, he he could be he could win you some games potentially if he if he picks up that pass catching role in in the Peyton offense. And the last one I've got down, we mentioned him slightly earlier, is Cam Meredith. He's going very late, wide receiver 52 overall, and he's got upside. Any pass catcher in a in a Drew Brees offense, even if he's a slightly underperforming Drew Brees. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be paying attention to, and the Saints paid him a decent chunk of money as well, so that that speaks to me. Uh, I made a little note for myself here. I think he's a a wide receiver five in price, and he does have that wide receiver two low end wide receiver two PPR upside if he if he makes the job in the slot his own. Especially bye week candidate two for Cam Meredith, like the plays absolutely getting picked is like Kenny Stills, Marquise Lee, Matavius um, Bryant, who. I don't know. I just don't rate those players compared to Cam Meredith, who had a great 2016 uh, career year, and then obviously hurt himself in the preseason last year. So I expect big, big things, but expect him to have a breakout year again. Yeah, you expect him to outperform his value of where he's going at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to the Falcons now. Um, start with Julio Jones, I reckon. Their main guy. Yeah, let's 
let's start with the main man, one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's he's always there or thereabouts in the in the sort of top five finish range. I mean, he's one of the the most fun players to watch in the league. He does it all. Uh, right now, he's being drafted at 14 overall, which I think since I've been playing fantasy might be the lowest I've seen him being drafted. So he could fall. He's fallen out that first round. He he could represent represent a value. What are your What are your thoughts on Julio? Um, well, obviously, last year was a pretty bad year with Steve Sarkeesian as their coordinator. Um, it sort of brought their offense to a, um, a standstill compared to uh, the year before with uh, Carl Shanahan as the uh, coordinator. Um, I think pretty much the same year he's going to have this year. I don't see Sarkeesian improving their offense. Um, his three touchdowns, though, is sort of a an outlier. I reckon he could probably score a bit more. He's... He's a bit inconsistent too, as you, we touched on last week. He does have a lot of 200-yard games, and then he also has a lot yep. of 40-yard games, which are, which isn't the best. You obviously want the consistency with your wide receiver. That also can help you too when he's having a 200-yard game that can win you the week. So it's a bit For of sure. yeah, it's a bit of hit and miss with him. Um, at 14, uh, look, he's got good value there. Obviously, he's, um, Matt Matt Ryan's our number one quarterback. I definitely would take him at round two if I've got the chance. Um, he's just a consistent player. Um, you're never going to go wrong with him. He's not going to have a look at, at Mike Evans' year last year. He's actually got a good quarterback, a good system around him. So, yeah, I'm happy to hit um, that Julio with 14. Yeah, I'm happy with him there as well. And you, like you said, he only scored the three touchdowns, but he still finished as the wide receiver in spite of that. His career average is about seven touchdowns a season, so you'd expect him to score a few more than three this season. And you know, for four seasons prior to last, he averaged 100 yards a game every season, which is just is just phenomenal. And one more one more tip I like for, for Julio Jones in particular this year is that based on the, the fantasy pros strength of schedule, which at this time of the year isn't isn't gospel or anything like that, but it's the the Falcons wide receivers have the seventh best strength of schedule, so I think that's a something to to watch as well. And Julio Jones could return to one of the top three scoring wide receivers in fantasy football. Alrighty, let's move on to the running back situation. Obviously, Devonte Freeman had the MCL sprain as well. If he finished off the year with fourteen games, it was a uh, running back thirteen. How do you see him going this year? I like Freeman again this year. He's a, a talented running back. He he does it he does it all. He runs between the tackles, he runs outside, he catches. And he's just a he's a fun player to watch. I like his style and I'm also a bit of a homer there, uh, being an FSU fan as well. But I think he, he's worth his draft position at running running back eleven and seventeenth overall for that real middle of the pack running back one upside that he that he brings. He like you, you mentioned, he had the MCL issue. He's he's had a couple of concussions, but provided he's gonna, you know, he comes into the start of the year healthy and there's no no concerns. I have zero concerns taking him at, at around that 17 range overall because yeah. he's got that proven history of performing. Especially, yeah, especially over the past three years, he's the only player to average 195 carries and 35 catches. Only running back to do that one. So he's a great PPR sort of hit too. Um, yeah. Tevin Coleman. Yeah, so he's a bit like Freeman's shadow, Tevin, Tevin Coleman, and he just he he really limits that upside that I think stops Freeman from being talked about with Bell, Zeke, Gurley. 
he might not be quite as talented, but but Coleman is just that that player that takes away some of his touchdowns, takes away a few of his carries, and and of course the receptions as well. Uh, Freeman's got the talent to do it all, but but Coleman definitely limits that upside, and he does in his own right have have some some nice games as a as a flex play. Uh, I won't have them both on my same team, so if I don't get Devontae Freeman, I can see myself drafting Tevin Coleman later on. He's going at running back 30, 69 overall. So he is much cheaper than Freeman. And we noted Freeman does have that those concerns with injury. So I do like Tevin Coleman as well, but I, I wouldn't have them both yeah. on, on my roster. Yeah, especially that concussions. Yeah, you don't want a player that you're drafting have concussion issues or else uh, it won't be very nice for them. Um, Especially, yeah, Tevin Coleman, I would handcuff him personally. If I drafted Duante Freeman, I'll handcuff Coleman with him just just in case of that injury concern as well. Yeah, I'm just not willing to spend such a high pick, sort of late sixth round is where Coleman's going on a, a quote-unquote handcuff. Uh, I just, a, I don't particularly like handcuffing in general. It's just too much guesswork for me. And you, you, you could be investing in, in a, a better situation in for me at least it's just the way i way i play that yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't take both of them but i'm happy to have either of them on my roster at their respective prices that's fair enough um moving on to the other sort of players on their team they're a bit top heavy here um atlanta they've got muhammad sunu and calvin really as a wide receivers um what are your thoughts on them so a few hours ago i i tweeted out you, you could have seen it if you follow me at ff underscore down under that most of it was a, a crazy bargain this season because he's essentially going free you can pick him up probably 18th round of your draft if my maths is is okay or he might even go go on drafted and you can scoop him up off the waiver wire which is crazy going as the wide receiver 66 when he finishes the wide receiver 29 last season he's a really cheap piece in the offense and he's coming off the best season of his career. He's going to feature in the slot. Ridley's projected to, to feature outside mostly. And yeah, for that price, if, if, if you want a piece of this offense, which is projected to, to rebound slightly, I would, I would go after Mo Sanu because he could, he could end up being that sort of middle-of-the-pack wide receiver three flex play for you quite reliably. Yeah, I don't know why he's going 182 and Ridley's going 118. Um, it seems very silly to me. Rookie uh, fever. Everyone gets excited. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it's just wide receiver 66. That's just unbelievable compared to the other players that are getting picked above him. Um, yeah, 100% late round stat, uh, late round pick. Go for Mohamed Sanu. I don't expe- yeah, expect uh, once training camp starts that he would probably get picked higher once they start seeing him play um, good minutes in the preseason. But yeah, Calvin Ridley's a bit too high for me, 118, um, even though he's a first-round pick. But I don't know. I just don't see Matt Ryan trusting him at the moment, especially with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, he doesn't really know. He does. He's not going to really follow the offense that Kyle Shanahan did. He's not going to spread the ball. He's not going to He's not going to use the options that um, Kyle did. And for that reason, I won't be taking Calvin Ridley. I think he's a bit overrated, that price. As you said, rookie fever. Um yeah, what what do you think? Yeah, R- rookie fever is in full effect with Calvin Calvin Ridley there. Just generally, as a rule of thumb in in redrafts, I tend to I want to shy away from from first year wide receivers who have a sort of 
inflated price because the propensity to, to underperform is just so high. You can look back to last year at some of the the first round NFL picks who were who were who were drafted highly in fantasy and and it just didn't pan out for the majority of them for for various reasons. I'd rather go with the established receiver who's got the rapport with the quarterback, especially when the the price disparity is so great as it is. Um, and so that leaves really to to discuss Matt Ryan, who's going to be throwing these receivers the ball, and I like him as a as a quote-unquote back candidate this season because he wasn't terrible last season, but he just, everyone expected it happened. He regressed from his MVP year in 2016. Shanahan left, Sarkeesian came in, and they struggled. But they struggled to score, but they did move the ball down the field quite well. The Falcons' offense was eighth in total yardage in, in the NFL, but they were 15th in scoring. So there's a, a little bit of discrepancy there. And, and maybe if they threw Julio the damn ball in the in the red zone, they would have scored some touchdowns because he was fury, infuriatingly underused. So maybe they learned from that. Maybe they go back and they, they watch the film and rejig a few things. And I think as a whole, the offense will take a step forward. And Matt Ryan going at QB 11. 107 overall. If he gets any cheaper than that, um, I'm investing in him for this season. Uh, could you name me? He finished, uh, Matt Ryan finished at QB 15 last year. Can you name the two other players that finished above him at 13 and 14? Not, not off of my head, but I bet they're going to be going to be unexpected names. I might guess Blake Bortles. Bang, 13. Um, yep. Yeah, and... I'm not sure who else. Case Keenum. So, Case Keenum. Case Keenum had a good year. He had weapons. I know, but I'm just saying he's not going to be as good as this year as well. He's a nympha. He's not going to get... He's not going to be Matt Ryan this year, but yeah, at QB15 last year, I don't see him... I don't see him improving much. I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-range quarterback, QB2. He doesn't have the value that he once did two years ago. Um, yeah, at... If he's there in late rounds, sort of as my QB2, maybe in the FF Denim underball, if he's there, I may take him. But yeah, he's not high on my list as QBs. Especially when Patrick Mahomes is taking about 15 picks behind him as well, who I rate a lot more than him. Interesting. Okay. I know he's got a lot of weapons, but... I think he's started one NFL game and hasn't touched down. So I'm I'm confident in Ryan, and and I always like that he gets to play half of his half of his games in the year in a dome as well, which just makes takes any weather equations out of the issue for for quarterbacks as we get later on in the year. So That's, around around the uh, the fabled playoff playoff time. That is true, but uh, obviously I'll talk about more my man love about Patrick Holmes later when we preview that division. Absolutely. Uh, Moving on to the uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, obviously, their, their uh, main pick here is Christian McCaffrey. He's uh, 22 ADP for running back 15. Had a great year in PPI. He caught 80 passes for a running back. That is unbelievable. But uh, he can't run in between the tackles. He's not going to get those carries. CJ Anderson will, who I like as well as a deep sleeper, but I'll talk about him later. Um, at 22, I think he's properly rated. Um, I don't th- see him improving much on from last year. Um, obviously, they're going to split the carries between them two. Um, yeah, he had a lot of four and five point games, which really hurt him last year. There was a lot of just yeah, forty yard games and no touchdowns, 
But there was a lot of, yeah, 17, 18, 19-point games, which does help week by week when you're trying to win fantasy. So he's a bit hit and miss. Um, yep. But with North Turner in this year, it's going to be really weird because he has done nothing with Minnesota the past three years from 14 to 16 while he was there. Um, I'm not sure why North Turner is coaching this year for the Carolina Panthers. Um, <laughs> I've Over the last few years, you've seen old age coaches just sort of phase out of the league. Um, you've seen like the young guys like Doug Peterson, who's not really young, but he's sort of new to the system. You've got um, obviously Andy Reid's probably the only one that's the old system. But yeah, you've got all these younger coaches who are coming in and they're young sort of... Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay. That's all I'm trying to think of. But yeah, you got all the uh, sort of young offensive coaches. They're sort of um, in the league now, and all the old sort of coaches are sort of getting phased out. And North Turner's been brought in, which I'm not too sure is going to help Carolina at all. And I think it might yeah, um, sort of devalue some of the players on the roster. Yeah, not not sure about about old North as, as the higher there. I do like Christian McCaffrey's talent. He's an incredible pass catcher. Hopefully he he continues to see a lot of work in the slot and out of the backfield. And I, I remember earlier on this offseason that the hype train was just getting out of control with him. There was a few photos of him looking slightly more jacked, putting on some weight. He'd hit the you know been been pumping the iron, and then the uh, the party was the party was ruined when they went and brought in C.J. Anderson because everyone had these crazy ideas of McCaffrey pounding the ball between the tackles. It's just. It was never going to happen. It wasn't, and someone was always going to be going to be brought into that role. So it definitely caps his upside. And the other thing you've got to take into consideration is that Cam Newton is the best goal line back on that offense. It's cliche, but he's ridiculously athletic. He's he's huge, and he will just he will uh, he will drive drive his way through and, and vulture those touchdowns off off both running backs. So McCaffrey PPR only. I'm not interested in, in him in standard leagues. But if you're playing PPR, I still like him. But when you consider some of the, the players going around him, we talked about Freeman. There's Devontae Adams and AJ Green and Keenan, Al- Keenan Allen sort of in that range. I'd rather be taking those players instead of instead of uh, CMC. Um, yeah, I don't blame you there for his PPR value. But yeah, read sort of normal fantasy points. It's a bit hard to take him as highly. But as you said about Cam yep. Newton, though, QB2 last year, mainly because of his legs, um, his rushing ability is going to help him a lot. Um and now that North Turner is in, I know he does like to throw it deep, so I'm not too sure what Cam Newton's going to be like this year. I know he likes to sort of fling it. They've got a lot of speeds on the outside. Um, I don't think he's going to be QB2 this year. I think a bit. I think there was a bit of a regression to the mean there. Um, over his past sort of since 2013, um, he was QB2 then. In 2014, he was QB13. 2015, he was QB1 for his MVP year. 2016, he was QB17. 2017, he was QB2. So, I don't know what that tells you, but he's not very consistent year by year. Um, he goes goes up and down. Exactly. He goes up and down. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to have a sort of bad year this year, but it sort of is consistent in what he does. Yeah. He's always going to have that high floor. It's just whether he gets he gets the, the touchdowns and he, and he connects with his receivers. and Yeah. He's he's probably priced priced accordingly for for Cam yeah, about QB seven there. He QB does seven. have that crazy upside, but you're also taking on a little bit of risk based off what he's done done previously. And speaking of his uh, outside receiver, he's got Devin Funches at uh, seventy five. He's a few spots behind him. He's uh, taking it wide receiver thirty one. I think he's very underrated there. 
Um, he was his number one, his Cam's number one target. I reckon he's a top 50 player. He finished, uh, I think it was 20, 23 last year in uh, wide receiver points. Uh, mm-hmm. right up, just below, uh, Mike, sorry, 21. Just above Nelson Aguilar, Demarius Thomas, um, T.Y. Hilton, um, just below Mike Evans. So, yeah, I think he's very underrated there. Um, if he's there on your board, yeah. if he's there on my board, I'll be definitely taking him. Um, obviously, he's the yeah number one target there. No. I don't see DJ. I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be taking him if he's on my board there, uh, because Greg Olson missed most of last year. He's one of Cam's favorite targets, and then they went and brought in in DJ Moore as well, who's really talented. He was a lot of very sharp analysts number one wide receiver in the draft. I know I said earlier I don't necessarily like the the first round rookie rookie wide receivers in in redraft if if they're priced and he's a he's priced similar to to calvin ridley so i wouldn't be taking dj Moore if i had to but but relative to where funches is going if you want a piece of the offense and you believe in it the better value play there is is dj Moore rather than rather than funches he's going going at 100 114 so funches isn't isn't someone i'm particularly interested in this year oh is that another bet oh, I don't, I, we, we we can make a bet i just yeah i just don't feel too so strongly about it and i don't think you feel strongly enough to say he's gonna what finish as a top do you think he's gonna finish as a wide receiver too a top 24 wide receiver i think so you think he that's interesting i i'll, I'll take a bet that he finishes Outside top twenty-four wide receiver. All right, done. But yeah, all right. Looks like you're buying me another beer. Awesome. Can't wait. Awesome. Um, <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, as you said, Greg Olson is coming back from injury. Um, dating back to th- two thousand nine, he's been a top six fantasy player for tight ends, and except last year, obviously because he was injured. Um, yeah. He is getting older. He's on the sort of on the decline, but I don't think that's going to stop him. He's uh, tight end number five, uh, fifty-three ADP. Um, I think yeah, he's just a solid option. He, I think he'd be. I think Cole Rear should be um, rated above him, but as tight end five, I'm happy he's, he's properly rated there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's sort of he's properly ranked or, or or being drafted, but you do have the concerns. He was um and armed with retirement. He he had his tryout for for being a color commentator, and so you just wonder whether he's 100 percent got the desire desire to play. And after having injury, how much is he? How much has he slowed down? I'm not sure. At 53, given given the, the bit of a mess that tight end can be, and you can you can sort of stream yourself a decent tight end eight over the the course of the season if you play the waiver right wire right. I'm just not sure if I'm I'm willing to, willing to take him there. Uh, I just want to see the players going around him. If he's going at, what is he going at? 53. There he is. 53. Oh, he's at, oh, he's, he's, ADP has been updated and he's, he's dropped to, to, to 61. So he's, he's moved down a little further. Jimmy Graham's moved, moved above him. If I had to choose, actually, I'd take Greg Olson over Jimmy Graham. No question. Really? So if, yeah, if that sort of gives you how I feel about him, it tells you how I feel about you. Jimmy Graham more than maybe I feel about Greg Olson. Uh, yeah. So, so if I don't, who would you I don't get one of those? 
Who would you rather have? Who would you rather have? Greg Olsen or Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram? Yeah. Even with OBJ coming back? Yeah, I uh I still feel he'll he'll see enough volume. I think Shepard might be the one to 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 suffer there. We we sort of mentioned that uh last on last week's show. I'd rather have Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, maybe even Delaney Walker Ooh, ahead of Greg Olson. No. No, no, I'll stop you right there. No, <laughs> no, no. Love for Delaney. Uh, he's 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 get he's old. He keeps falling down, but he just he just keeps performing. As I said, no. Just I'll stop you right there. Don't say <laughs> another word. Um. All right, we'll move on to the last team here. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had a very very disappointing season last year. Um. They've kept their coach Dirk Cotter. Um. I'm not too sure. Why. I'm not too sure why they've done that. He's uh. Bit of a hack, but anyway, they've kept him on. So uh, let's start with the Mike Evans, who was projected to be, yeah, he had the ADP of uh, top three uh, fantasy wide receiver last year. And as I said before, finished uh, 20th. Um, very disappointing season. Um, Jameis has a bit to do with it. Obviously, he didn't perform like everyone else, everyone thought he would at hard knocks. Um, sort of... Yeah, sort of smokescreen there, and now he's uh, James Winston has that sort of groping scandal above his head. He's not going to be there the first three weeks. Um, I don't see Mike Evans as a wide receiver nine, which he's being projected as now. I saw him as a top fifteen wide receiver player. Um, what are your thoughts? I still see Mike Evans as a, a wide receiver one, which would make him top top twelve. Uh, I think he's supremely talented. He's performed, even though last year was a down year. He still had a, a thousand yards, which is a sort of a good indicator of of, of, a, of, a, of a solid season. He definitely disappointed, but you, uh, as you said, the entire season was a write off for for Tampa last season. It was a mess from the start. They had the the, the cancelled game in week one, so they got their bye, and then they played through sixteen straight games, so they didn't get the benefit of a of a bye week to recover at all. Then Jameis Winston was hurt last season, which was why, partially why he underperformed. He played hurt. He missed some games. He he was, yeah, and he, he just didn't perform as he was expected to. So it was a bit of a, just a, a mess all around. And their defense was absolutely terrible, uh, which, which didn't help them. Um, Mike Evans, really talented. I still believe in him. And hopefully... With Winston coming back after the three-game suspension, you you see some real good productivity out of him. And interestingly enough, there's a, a great tool uh, called the Rotoviz Game Split app, and you can go on there and you can see the difference between James Winston and, or rather, for Mike Evans, when it's James Winston throwing the ball and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's not it's not a huge drop off. I encourage you all to to go out and play that tool. It's really fun, uh, and. And you can see that Mike Evans doesn't suffer too much. So I think it really comes down to the offense as a whole. So whether you believe in them, whether you think they'll be better, and I do think they'll improve because they were just they were just so bad. And I, I think he can he can sneak in there sort of top 10, 11, 12. I still I think he'll be a wide receiver one. So if that's the case, wide receiver nine would represent a bit of a value. And if you can get Mike Evans, he's going 24. But if he falls into the third round, he becomes an incredible bargain there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once he gets into that third round. So if you can get him 212, 301, 302, uh, I'm very comfortable taking him because he should be there, your wide receiver two, 
or at least a wide receiver one with two elite level running backs. So I'm I'm happy. I'll be happy to take him at yeah round three, but at 24 is not sort of my value that I'll be having him at. Um, speaking of Jameis Winston, um, yeah, he's got the three game suspension. Um, not too much to talk about from last year. He had a terrible season last year. Obviously injured, as you said. I can't. I don't see him being a quarterback two sort of backup, sort of bi week quarterback. Maybe a streamer at best. Um, yeah. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't see him getting drafted many times. He's got his yeah quarterback twenty five one sixty two. I wouldn't take him. I think there's better options out there. Uh, you looking at? Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, looking at Tyrod Taylor. For example, I think he's a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Yeah, I just would stay away Ooh. from Jameis Winston unless he shows something in the first three games that he plays from week four to six. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think Tyra is a better NFL quarterback than, than Winston. I think he's probably might be a better fantasy, oh, fantasy. option it's a fantasy this, podcast, this season. Right? Sorry, it's a fantasy podcast. It's a, well, not an NFL podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. I was just just making sure, just making sure. Um, yeah, Winston for me, one quarterback leagues, he's he's on my do not do not draft list because no good. You're not going to draft him and carry him for three weeks on your bench. That uses up a roster spot, which is just wasteful. And you might, yeah, you might be able to pick him up later on, but I wouldn't be using a high waiver claim on him either. Someone else is going to do that because of the name value. It's James Winston, and he he can score some some serious fancy points. But I I will probably not have him on any single quarterback leagues this season if it's super flex to qb i'll be willing to take him and and stash him just because the 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 increased value there but otherwise i uh i won't be drafting or having any Jameis winston this season their running back situation they drafted ronald jones this year in the second round i think they're seeing him as their savior to their problems doug martin obviously had a horrible season last year he uh didn't really do much on the offensive line the offensive line is a bit average it's not the it best, is. not the worst. Um, it's just average. Um, I could see Ronald Jones in pressing a few weeks, but some weeks being a disappointment. Uh, he's going at 53, running back 27. Um, I th- he will see most of the carry, so he's a good PPR sort of um, ad. But yeah, I don't see him being much of a... I don't see him being Alvin Kumara or a Christian McCaffrey last, last year. No, I, I, I don't see him being an Alvin Kamara really see too many players doing that anytime soon uh yeah some of the players being taken around him Dion lewis chris hogan jarvis landry i take jarvis landry ahead of him but i probably take ronald jones over chris hogan over Dion lewis who's going to be splitting carries with with derrick henry at least you know with ronald jones even if he's inefficient the job is his there isn't you know peyton barber hanging around doesn't interest me Jaquiz Rogers, if he makes the roster, Charles Sims, none of those other running backs scare me. So Ronald Jones is going to get the volume. They invested serious uh, draft capital into him. And so he's going to get every opportunity to prove his talent, which, you know, it, the jury's out on him. Some fantasy, fantasy analysts love him. Some aren't so high on him. He wasn't able to perform at the Combine because of his hamstring injury, he tweaked it running the 40, still ran quite quickly. And you, you watch some of his his college game film, and he has some really explosive plays, some good long runs. And then some other, other times, he just doesn't seem to be breaking the tackles or, or even being able to be elusive either. So it, it's a bit of a, a strange one for Ronald Jones. But 
late in the fifth round, depending on how I'm built my roster. Maybe if I'm, I'm going playing sort of that zero, zero RB strategy where you're taking your running backs in the fifth, sixth round, maybe Ronald Jones might be a, a nice choice there. I'd definitely take him ahead of Mark Ingram. Ooh, <laughs> come on, mate. That's that's just silly. That is just absolutely silly. <laughs> oh, that's, I've got a guy who's going to get tons of volume for 16 games versus someone who is going to miss four. That's is fine. 20, 29 years old. Doesn't, just, doesn't I'm not buying it. it. I'm not buying it. But we've we've talked Mark Ingram. I I, I, I had to bring him up again. Uh, yeah, so Ronald Jones, I like I like him enough to be to, to draft him in some places. I'm not going to be drafting him everywhere. I won't be overexposed to him. But just on the fact that he's going to have that volume, I think it's worth worth getting a couple of shares of Ronald Jones. Um, we'll move on to the tight end position. They've got two tight ends here: Cameron Bright and OJ Howard. Cam Brait was the uh, tight end eight last year, which is very surprising. Um, but he's very inconsistent. He has huge double-digit scoring weeks, and in other weeks he would score one or two points. Um, he's going undrafted yep. now, but he's worth a look in a streamer sort of situation like last year if he has a good matchup. And lastly, OJ Howard, who's going at tight end 14. He had six touchdowns in his rookie season, finished 16th in tight ends, going at 147. That's probably a bit too high my liking but he's definitely worth a look in some streamer situations yeah i mean the fact that cameron Brait finished eighth overall uh, and some of the weeks he had just shows you what a dumpster fire tight end is once you get past those elite options yeah. and it's why streaming the position in regular start one tight end leagues is just so effective because you can play the matchups you can see the defenses that are giving up tight ends and the catch sorry giving up touchdowns and just the tight end position and Cambrake will have those weeks, and it and it will probably coincide with later on in the season once James Winston is back, and because he is Winston's favourite target, he's thrown most of his uh, most high percentage of his touchdowns to Cameron Brake than the pass catcher on that offense. So Winston looks his way in the end zone, and everyone thought Howard was drafted last season that it was the end of Cambrake in in Tampa Bay, and they turned around and gave him a a, a huge contract with sixteen million dollars guaranteed. So. I think that was probably something to do with keeping Jameis Winston happy and keeping his guy around. He looks for him in the red zone. So absolutely, I'm keeping an eye on him in streaming situations. And yeah, I, I want no part of drafting OJ Howard, even at, at, at tight end 14, just just be, because of because of the quarterback mess for the first few few weeks. I'm not going to be 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 taking taking OJ Howard that. Uh, Join the draft. And in the first three weeks too, they play the Steelers, Eagles, and Saints, which is a horrible start to the season. Um, it's not the best. Not the best. Uh, quickly touch on Deshaun Jackson. Um, he had the worst year to date of his career. Wide receiver, 45 in scoring. Didn't uh, He didn't score over 10 points. Uh, no, sorry, he did score over 10 points. That was once, 10.4. Um, not worth looking at, really. He's sort of on the decline now. Um, I wouldn't be picking him up. And lastly, Chris Godwin, who is a good dynasty sleeper. I like him he a is. lot. Everyone's excited about Godwin. Yeah. Um, if Winston was playing this year, um, he'd be a, a sexy pickup. But at the moment, with yeah, Winston being out, I just don't like him at the moment. Maybe a waiver wire pickup later on the year. Yeah. If if he if he doesn't go go drafted, absolutely, I'm keeping an eye on him. Is <laughs> I actually. Accidentally watch some Chris Godwin tape, and <laughs> you accidentally watch some Chris Godwin tape when you're going back and you're, you're studying Saquon Barkley, and you, you see Penn State 
and you, he made some incredible plays. He's a he's a talented guy, and I really hope he gets his opportunities this season to show to show the talent he's got. He's been making waves at, at minicamp, and I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do if he gets the the opportunity uh, this season. Alrighty, that's our end of the preview for our NFC South division. And uh, last, we do our mailbag questions. Um, we'll start. Awesome. Off, we'll start for one with Kevin. Um, Kevin asks, "Will Andrew Luck be back to hundred percent this year? And if so, what does that mean for Ty Hilton?" So we saw some pictures of Andrew Luck turning up for for training camp. He isn't going to be limited at all, apparently, other than the fact he won't throw seven days in a row. I don't know if that's normal protocol for for many quarterbacks, but if they say he's not limited, I guess I guess he's not limited, and so hopefully that means he is back to a hundred percent. We'll see, and if he gets through camp with no no flare-ups of the injury, I think we'll see the Andrew Luck of old. I think some time off, yeah, he might might shake some rust off, but he's supremely talented, naturally gifted quarterback, and it is his mind as well as his. his ability which which separates him from the the rest of the quarterbacks in the league in regards of what that does for ty hilton he's going as a wide receiver 12 which is a back-end wide receiver 128 overall to me if you know we hear andrew luck is 100 he looks good in in camp and, and no injuries i don't think that actually does anything for for hilton's value because there's so many other good wide receivers in that range in <clears throat> He had a down year last year with Brissett. He, I know he finished as the wide receiver six in 2016, but he was the wide receiver 22 in 15 and the wide receiver 12 in 2014. So it just, I don't, for me, I, I don't think it will move the needle too much on on uh, on TY. Yeah, I, I'm no doctor, but yeah, there's cause for concern when there's a neck or back injury or Achilles tear. Those are the three main injuries you don't want to have a player to have. They usually don't come back 100%. It's usually 70 80%. But in saying that, 70% Andrew Luck is a 10 times better quarterback than Jacoby Percet. I expect to see T.Y. Hilton to have a better fantasy fantasy year than last year. Um, he's probably rated there at wide receiver 12. Um, I don't see him having a big year. I see him having yeah, sort of a sort of a 2014 year where he was top end, uh, sorry, bottom end wide receiver 1, top end wide receiver 2. That's I think, and I think that's baked into his price accordingly. So our next question comes from Abel, and he wants to know if we were picking number three overall, and I will assume a PPR league, who would we take if Le'Veon Bell and Todd James? You go first. Who are you taking? Zeke Elliott. Um, he's going to get all the touches in Dallas. They're probably going to th- throw to him in Dallas a lot. Um, they're probably going to actually get his probably going to be targeted most by Dak Prescott. Uh, I see him being a great PPR take right there. He's going to get all the carry compared to other running backs. You've got Kamara, you've got Barkley, who's going to have Jonathan Stewart tagged to him. Um, or I'll be taking David Johnson too, who's coming off resurgery, uh, missed all of last year. But I expect to see him um, back to 2016 form where he was an unbelievable running back. And Arizona don't have much around him. They've got Larry Fitzgerald, of course, but that's about it. So I expect to see him to be in dominant form if he's not injured. Yeah, we have no reasons to be concerned about his health. His wrist is fully healed. They were trying to push him to get him back at the end of last season. So he's had all the off season to get back to 100%. And yeah, 
for me, DJ is a is a lock at three there. I just, as we said last week, don't trust Zeke. Don't want any part of him on my team. DJ, it is. Uh, we had another question from Owen. He wants to know about the Lions backfield situation. I think we should, we'll, we'll, we'll park that for when we preview the Lions in full and we can really spend some time digging into the situation there and, and, and what's going on. And then finally, which I think we, uh, we might have some arguments here, is Ed wants to know who our most overrated players are. So he didn't specify what he meant by overrated, but I thought a good sort of parameter to put on that would be players inside the top 50 ADP. So James, why don't you go first with your most overrated player? I could say Odell Beckham like last week, but I'll move on from him. I'll go with Kenyon Drake. You don't want to, you don't want to make yourself look foolish two weeks in a row. Come on okay. now. Okay, mate, whatever. Uh, I've gone with Kenyon Drake firstly. Um, okay. Obviously, yeah, Miami running back. He had a huge spike towards the end of the year with some 20-point, 17-point, 19-point games. Um, I don't see that happening again this year. They sort of had a soft schedule towards the end of the year. And they've also added Frank Gore and Ke- uh, Kellen Ballage. I've probably ruined that name. But yeah, they've obviously, I think they're going to do a running back by committee there in Miami. I don't think they see him as a number one guy. And I know he was picked a lot higher before this podcast. I know when I was uh, drafting a few weeks ago, he was uh, picked number 28 in my draft. So he sort of... Whoa. Yeah, he was sort of uh, picked way too highly. Now he sort of dropped back to 44, but I still think 44 is too high for him. I see him as a uh, top 60 sort of player, not at uh, 44. Okay, so he's going about a round, round too early for your for your liking. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I, know, I, mean, I know which one you're going to take next. Uh, yeah, my guy is, uh, is Juju Smith-Schuster. How? He's being drafted around the same the same area as Kenyon Drake, and it's just it's just a matter of, of of volume. He he looked great last season. He had some really big games. Those big games coincided with with mostly when Antonio Brown was injured. He he was a, there was a difference about ten PPR points per game when AB was on the field versus when he wasn't. And people are getting all excited about Juju. He's a fun player. He's fun on Twitter. He had the whole deal with his his bike and he's he's just he plays Fortnite with fans. So I get it. People he's a fun player. People want to have him on his team. The Steelers went and drafted another wide receiver. They're gonna run Le'Veon Bell into the absolute dirt. They're gonna get every last touch and carry out of him they can. So Juju at best, at best is going to be third for targets on the team. And so where he's being drafted there, I just, you know, Alan Robinson's being taken behind him, a bona fide wide receiver one. Um, Brandon Cooks, Alshon Jeffrey, all going going after him. It's just the hype's gotten a little too too much for me with with old Juju, or young Juju, rather. Young Juju. Get it right. Um, young Juju. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you there, but uh, as we don't have much time, I'm obviously going to move on with that, but you're you're an idiot if you think that. Um, why... <laughs> My next one is Demarius Thomas. He's uh, uh, 48th right now, ADP. Um, mm-hmm. He's coming off an injury from last year, um, hip injury, which is uh, not the best for an aging wide receiver. Obviously, they've got a better quarterback, which I'm assuming that's why he's being picked up so highly at 48. But I don't see Case Keenum as the answer at quarterback for Denver. Uh, he's obviously better than that, what they had last year with Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, and all the other players they had playing quarterback for him. But... At 48, he's way too high for me. And as you said, he's Juju Smith just getting picked around there. You got, yeah, Alan Robinson, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Jones, who was a top 10 wide receiver last year in Detroit, and Demarius Thomas is getting picked in front of him. I did not see that. I think he should be in the 70s. He's a hack. He's old. 
Um, get rid of him. <laughs> just well, no, no, no time for the for the aging wide receiver. See, I, I would back I would back Demarius to go back to what he'd done every other year in Denver, which was score, which was you know put up a thousand yards. Than Juju Smith-Schuster to, to meet his value, and if if I had to take either of them there, I would be taking Demarius uh, being the number one option for for Case Keenum in Denver versus Juju being the at best number three option in in Pittsburgh. Is that not a beer bet? I <sighs> would be third for the episode. You, you're going to be like to you're going to be very drunk when, when we catch up, mate. But yeah, absolutely. Add it add it to the beer bet. I, I think Demarius Thomas. Scores more fancy points, PPR fancy points this season than Juju Smith-Schuster. Also, I don't drink beers. I drink vodka cruises too, mate. <laughs> and uh, lastly, who have you got as your uh, most overrated player? My last one, uh, I, be- I just want to make sure he's still going inside the top 50, and he is at 48. Second, wow, second quarterback off the board is Deshaun Watson. Guys, the hype is so out of control with this with this kid. He's awesome. He's fun to watch. But my goodness, what are you people doing drafting him this high? It's craziness. That's that streak of I think eight games he played where he went bananas was historical. He had a touchdown rate of nine point three percent, which meant every nine point three percent of the times he threw the football, it went for a touchdown. Just to put that in perspective, because I know it's a bit hard to visualize, Aaron Rodgers is six point four percent on his entire career. This, these figures are unsustainable by Watson and he's coming off an ACL injury and he's a pocket, uh, sorry, he's a mobile quarterback who who moves out of the pocket to to score some of his points and, and produce. It's just, it's craziness that you'd be taking Deshaun Watson that high in 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 a one quarterback league. So Juju and, and Deshaun are my two overrated players in the in the top 50 and yours were Kenyon Drake and Demarius Thomas. And I agree with you on there, Deshaun Watson. He's getting drafted way too high on last year's performance. And yeah, that will do it for this week on the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, you can go on our website, thevaultstudio.com.au and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Vault Studio. And lastly, you can follow Lewis's page, FFDownUnder on Facebook and Twitter. Lewis, we'll see you for next week. Awesome. Thanks, James. See you next week. See you, bud.